Hello and welcome to this seasonal episode of The Cloister. We usually release episodes every fortnight, but as today is the start of Lent, we wanted to share with you the following reflections from Father Oswald, who is a monk at Ampleforth Abbey. If you have visited our website recently, you will know that Father Oswald is sharing seasonal reflections for us throughout this liturgical year. These are wonderful short videos that give a bit of a history and an understanding of the liturgy that is behind each liturgical season. You may also be interested to know we have just released a brand new podcast called Lent 2024. Throughout Lent, we will be releasing short passages from the Gospel of John for your own times of Lectio Divina. This podcast is available wherever you get your usual podcasts and also at our website at www.monasticretreats.co.uk forward slash Lent. Here you can also find all the retreats that are on offer this Lent from the monasteries that we assist. May I wish you every blessing as we journey together through Lent. Hello, and welcome to our next reflection on the seasons of the liturgical year. Today we'll be considering the great season of Lent, our preparation for the feast of the Lord's Resurrection at Easter. In our first reflection on Advent, I noted that Lent in many ways acted as a model for that season. In fact, it is Lent which has acted as the base model for all the liturgical seasons, since the revision of the liturgy of the Council. From the 5th to the 7th century, the period of Lent gradually evolved, so that each day of the season there would be a special Mass, with its own readings and prayers particular to that day, whether for Sundays or for weekdays. But the origins of Lent lie much further back in liturgical history, In a document called the Didache, an early church order, or description of how to organise a church, which seems to come from the same community in which St Matthew's Gospel was written, a short period of preparation for baptism is noted. It recommends that both the one to be baptised and the one baptising should fast together for three days before the baptism itself was celebrated. As we've mentioned before, from the second century onwards, one Sunday, close to the Jewish feast of Passover, was chosen by the church as the feast of the resurrection in a special way, and became our modern Easter. In the Christian West, this new feast became particularly associated with the celebration of baptism, and that same sense of preparation of which we hear in the Didache, starts to shape the season of Lent. But there is another focus too for the early development of the Lenten season. From the 4th century, penitents, that is, those who had sinned notoriously after their baptism, were set apart to fast and pray in the period before Easter. That period quickly settled on 40 days, echoing the gospel narrative of Jesus' experiences in the desert, which we hear on the first Sunday of Lent each year. On what we now call Ash Wednesday, the bishop would lead a solemn ritual 
in which the penitents, dressed in sackcloth and ashes, would be set apart for their forty days of fasting and repentance, before their readmission to the church by the bishop on the morning of Maundy Thursday, a readmission which allowed all to celebrate the ceremonies of Easter together. So we have two strands which come together in Lent, the penitential fasting and repentance from sin, and the prayer and fasting which accompanied the catechumens' final steps before their baptism. St. Benedict wrote his rule for monks around 540 AD, and it contains a whole chapter on Lent. In that chapter, he seems to be aware of both of these spiritual currents flowing through the Lenten season. He starts by noting that a monk's life should be a continuous Lent, always marked by prayer, fasting and repentance. Realist that he is, though, he notes that few have the strength for this, and so he encourages his monks to wash away in this holy season the negligences of other times. Benedict sets the challenge of Lent in both positive and negative terms, giving up or denying themselves some food or drink or sleep, needless talking or idle jesting, but also encouraging them to take up some extra prayer and reading. Indeed, each monk is given a book from the library to read straight through, through each Lent. He concludes by saying that all should look forward to Holy Easter with joy and spiritual longing. Lent should be a time of self-denial, when we find out what we actually need, rather than living merely according to our desires. But equally, it should be a time of joy, each one learning new things, deepening their relationship with God through prayer, offering ourselves again to the Lord in purity of heart. Our Lenten liturgies encourage this in much the way that Benedict suggests. We start with the blessing and imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday, reminding ourselves that we are sinners, so easily tempted and led astray, lacking the strength to achieve our own salvation, and so turning again to our all-merciful God. Day by day, in the prayers and readings for Lent, we are reminded of that superabundant mercy of God, first to his people Israel, then to us through Christ our Saviour. And the Sundays of Lent also have a special character, especially evident in year A. The Council restored the ancient rite of Christian initiation, with each Sunday marking a step in the journey towards baptism. And the Gospels of Year A, which can be used in any year if there are catechumens preparing for the sacraments at Easter, also very much contribute to this. Every year we hear the story of Jesus' temptations in the desert on the first Sunday of Lent, 
and then of his transfiguration on the second Sunday. In year A, though, the Gospels for the next three Sundays are drawn from St John, the woman at the well from John 4, the man born blind from John 9, and finally the raising of Lazarus from John 11. Each of these emphasises an aspect of baptism, the first water and thirst, then light and vision, and finally new life from the dead. They are extraordinarily rich food for our prayer and reflection, no matter which liturgical year we are celebrating. Lent should always be a season of hope. Although we must take the spiritual tasks of prayer, fasting and almsgiving seriously, as we are encouraged by the Gospel each year on Ash Wednesday, it should not really be a miserable time for us as Christians. For Lent only really makes sense in view of its goal, the great feast of the resurrection at Easter. It cannot just stand by itself. So let us try to make our Lent this year what St Benedict suggests it should be, a time of joy and spiritual longing. Let us conclude, as always, with a prayer. Look upon your family, O Lord, that through the chastening effects of bodily discipline, our minds may be made radiant in your presence with the strength of our yearning for you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Cloister. New episodes are released fortnightly, and we hope that you will join us again soon. God bless.